What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, December 6th, man. I hope all you guys have a nice and productive week this week, man. Hopefully, all you guys are just out there trying to get 1% better each and every single day. And today, I just want to simply tell you guys to check in on your people, whether that's your friends, your family members, or loved ones. Check in on your people, man. Seasonal depression is a real thing. You know, it's the holiday time. A lot of people out there feel lonely. They feel like they're by themselves. They feel like they're stranded. Check in on your people. Plus, you never know who has been waiting to hear from you. So just always make sure you're checking in on your loved ones, making sure your friends, family, and loved ones are straight. And just always, always, always stay tight with your people at all times, man. But of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings, because it simply needs to and it must stop. And of course, we are still out here dealing with coronavirus. The pandemic is sadly still not over, man. So please just wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. If you have any type of sunlight wherever you are at on the globe, please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin and just work out every single day so you can protect and strengthen your immune system, man. But let's get right into today's episode. For the first time in school and program history, the Purdue Boilermakers are officially ranked number one overall in the AP Top 25 poll. It's been a long time coming. I just want to say congratulations to all Boilermaker fans out there. The team that y'all have this year, I want to talk about them very much so in depth right now. Not only do they have a chance to reach the Final Four for the first time in a long time, but they legitimately have a shot at winning it all. They have a shot at going to New Orleans and winning the national championship this year, representing the state of Indiana, Purdue University, the entire Big Ten, and the Midwest. And so right now, Yes, I do believe they are the best team in all of college basketball. I think this is arguably the best team that Matt Painter has ever had in his tenure at Purdue. And they just have a lot of different guys on this roster that can do multiple things. And I think them getting the number one overall ranking for the AP Top 25 poll this week was much deserved. So let's look at the roster. First of all, Jaden Ivey. He's from South Bend, Notre Dame. His mom is a legend at Notre Dame. Shout out to Niel Ivey. She is currently the head coach for the women's basketball team at Notre Dame. You know, coming in for Muffin McGraw, another legend. But Jaden Ivey, man, this dude, the leap that he's taken from his freshman year to his sophomore year is major. And I had a feeling that he was going to take a big leap, and pretty much everybody was talking about him this past offseason being a big-time college player this year. He's clearly a top-five player in the college game right now. He's definitely going to be a lottery pick in the 2022 NBA draft, whether it's top five, top 10, I don't know. He's going to be lottery regardless. He's going to make millions of dollars doing the thing that he loves to do most. And if you just watch him, he just pops out at you when you're watching Purdue play. His change of speed, whether it's, you know, starting and stopping or stopping and starting, you know, his IQ is phenomenal. He has excellent court vision. He made some plays a couple weekends ago against North Carolina, like two passes back to back where he just completely took over the game. He had a play where he literally was going up. It looked like he was about to go up and try and finish with his left hand, but instead he threw a pass to the opposite wing 
and he hit one of his teammates for an open three who ended up making. I forgot who the teammate was, but just his court vision is crazy. And the biggest concern a lot of people had about him was his jump shot. And his form isn't the prettiest. It's kind of weird, actually. But right now, he's hitting it at a high rate in a high clip. And if he keeps shooting the ball like this, it might not really be anybody that can stop Purdue come March time when it matters the most. And, like, you just watch him, man. I love everything about this dude's game. Like, he's super athletic. He's one of the best first steps I've seen in college basketball since John Moran a few years ago at Murray State. And he's just unselfish. I think that's the biggest thing about this entire team. It's no selfish players on this team. And that leads me to the next guy, Travion Williams. He's a senior now, originally from Chicago, played his high school basketball in the state of Michigan. This dude, man, as a senior, think about this. As a senior, this was supposed to be his team. Matt Painter was supposed to build and construct this Purdue team around him. And now he's coming off the bench. Think about that. This dude is one of the best all-around playmaking bigs in the country because he can score with his left hook, the right hook. He has so many moves in the post that it's almost impossible to guard him. And then to top that off, he's a hell of a passer too. He's so good at passing out of double teams. He always knows if it's a dude open in the opposite corner. His head is always on a swivel. He's just an excellent playmaker. He loves to drop the bounce pass and no-look passes. I love everything about Trevion Williams' game. And for him to be a star player on this team and he wants to come off the bench because he knows they have another option who we'll talk about in a second starting over him, it's just a beautiful thing to see, especially when you see that he's genuinely happy for his teammate's success. you got to give Trevion Williams a lot of success. This is a dude who could really be a first-team All-American caliber player. He probably is already, but he's going to contend for one of those spots because he's just that good. I know EJ Liddell's one of the top fours in the country as well, obviously at Ohio State, of course, in the Big Ten as well. But Trevion Williams is a special player. And that leads me to the giant that they have inside. And it's funny because Matt Painter – Kind of like Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, they both have a history of getting these big dudes that are seven one plus seven feet plus big dudes. And it's kind of weird because in one instance, you know, Leonard Hamilton, he gets his bigs just to defend and catch lobs at a high level. And then on the other instance, for Matt Painter, he gets his bigs because he wants them to be virtually unstoppable on the offensive end. You see guys like AJ Hammonds, you have Isaac Haas, and now you have Zach Eady. Zach Eady is a sophomore. He's originally from Toronto, Canada. He is listed at seven feet, four inches. Yes, you guys heard that correctly. Seven feet, four inches. And this dude is a dude that's taken a pretty good leap from his freshman offseason to now as a sophomore too. He's not the greatest when it comes to his mobility. Obviously, it's kind of hard to move that fast when you're seven feet four. But if you watch Purdue, they have historically loved to run their offense sometimes through the post. And Zach Eady is the perfect guy to do that. And him starting eases up everything for the rest of the team because he's such a big body. And they run a lot of good sets in place to get him open looks near the rim and around the rim and inside the paint that he's a monster. And he has such a good shooting form when it comes to getting to the foul line and knocking down his free throws. He's come a long way because I remember him watching. I remember watching him at IMG and he was very raw. He was very new. He looked like he had barely just started playing basketball. But now you, you're seeing the progress. You're seeing him start to build confidence. You're seeing him, you know, have faith in his grind and have faith in the, the development that Purdue has had, you know, for a very long time. And so Zach Eady is another player. Then you move on. Sasha Stefanovic, senior. And as a Michigan State fan, I do not like this dude, but I do respect him because he is one of the best shooters in the country. Like if you had to list off like top five, top 10 shooters in the country, at the Division I level of college basketball, 
Sasha Stefanovic is on this list. He is an he is an elite shooter. He's a knockdown shooter. Like he's one of those dudes that every time he hits a shot, it's demoralizing for the defense trying to guard him because he just hits big and timely shots 24-7 constantly. Like he has an automatic jumper. He plays defense pretty well too. And he's a pretty good passer, like this entire squad is. But his shooting ability is second to none. He's probably the best shooter in the Big Ten. And honestly, he has a case to being the best shooter in the country. But he is a special, special shooter. And I cannot wait for him to graduate because I've seen him hit a lot of big-time shots against my Spartans, too. But that's a knockdown shooter, too. Then you add in Caleb first. He's a freshman. I believe he's actually originally from the state of Indiana. Playing pretty new, but he already looks like he's comfortable and knows his role on this Boilermaker team. He can knock down shots. He's pretty good in the post. Another guy that can pass the ball and rebound and bring the ball up the court sometimes. He's another player that's only going to get better and better as the years go by in his career at Purdue. But this year, he's found a role. It's not too big. It's not too small. And he fits in perfectly and seamlessly into what this team is trying to accomplish. And then you have two point guards who are both starting caliber point guards. And I know I just touched on the unselfishness of Travion Williams, but another player that's shown a lot of unselfishness on this roster too is Eric Hunter Jr. Eric Hunter Jr. has been in the program longer than Purdue's starting point guard, Isaiah Thompson. But Eric Hunter Jr. is very feisty on defense. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. He knows what Matt Painter's trying to do on offense because he's been in the program again for three, four years now. And he honestly could be another dude that is in the starting lineup, but he's not. He's the backup point guard. He started plenty of games for Purdue in the past, but just like Travion Williams, he's let go of his ego and he's fed into what the team needs from him. And I think that's just a testament to what and how good this Purdue team could be because you have two guys coming off your bench that could be starters. And legitimately, they have two rotations from their starters to the other five guys. Their second unit could be their starting five. That's how good this Purdue team is. And so you have to give Eric Hunter Jr. his credit too. And then Isaiah Thompson, he's a junior. His older brother has been in the program. I think he's now a graduate assistant now. But Isaiah Thompson is another dude who's tough. He knocks down timely shots. He had a couple of big time shots in the game against Villanova where they knocked them off. He just knows what to do. He's always in the right place at the right time. He's a knack for the ball. He's super tough. He always plays great defense on ball. You see him constantly picking up full court on ball. You know, he just does a lot of really good things for this team, and he kind of brings it all together. And then don't forget, you have other role players like the two sophomores, Mason Gillis and Ethan Morton. And just last year, a lot of people forget about Brandon Newman, but he was one of the bright spots for Purdue last year in that COVID season, that pandemic season. And really, it's crazy because as good as he was last year, his role has been diminished because of other guys stepping up like a Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Thompson, Eric Hunter Jr. But Brandon Newman is still a really, really good player, too. He came in from Valpo, I believe. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to help this Purdue team win games. But for him, another guy that's just unselfish as hell because he was a big time part of their offense last year. And that's what I'm saying. I cannot keep saying. I cannot not keep saying the word unselfish because that is exactly what this team epitomizes. This team is unselfish, and that's the best thing that you can have for a team because it's no egos. It's a lot of dudes that have, dudes that have bought into what their coach has been selling them. They always play on the same court. They're always attached at the hip. This team has the makings to be one of the best teams Purdue has ever produced, and they've had some really good teams. They've had some really good players, and this team right here, man, 
I honestly don't see any weaknesses. The only thing that might concern me about this team, and then we'll move on to the next topic, is that defensively, you might be able to get Zach Eady in trouble because, as I mentioned earlier, when you're that tall, it's hard for you to move laterally and get back to your spots on defense. But if otherwise, they just have everything, man. They literally do. They have the NBA star. They have the vets. They got the shooters. They got the defense. You know, they got the two trees down in the paint to hold down the rim. Like, this team is well constructed and just giving Matt Painter his, his, um, excuse me, his praise too, and his respect. I always say, anytime I talk about Matt Painter on this podcast, he's one of the best coaches in the country when it comes to X and O's, the sets that Purdue runs when it comes to the cutting, the screens, the motions, you know, getting shooters open, the execution, most importantly, they do a lot of things well. And you have to give Matt Painter his, his credit, man. This dude is a phenomenal coach. He's been coaching at a high level for a very long time now. He's one of the best coaches in the Big Ten for the past decade plus. And this team, they have the makings to be a really good team, man. They're probably going to win the Big Ten, the regular season, and the conference tournament. And they're going to march to march, no pun intended. Like, they're going to have a very successful season. And this team... I'm already putting them in the Final Four. I know you can't guarantee Final Four spots because the, the nature of the NCAA tournament is so unpredictable, but this team, man, has everything to make it to New Orleans and win it all in April of 2022, man. So do not sleep on the Purdue Boilermakers. You can't really sleep on a team that's ranked number one, but just watch them play, man. They play an excellent brand of basketball. They move the ball well. They get shooters open. They feed the post. They cut hard. They just do a lot of good things. Like if you like basketball, if you generally like the game of basketball without the dunks and the three-point shots and the flash, if you just like basketball for what it is, you will enjoy this Purdue Boilermaker team, man. So just keep an eye out for them as the season progresses. They're going to lose a few games, which is fine. It happens to all teams. You know, Villanova 2018 was clearly the best team in all college basketball. They lost a couple of games in the Big East. So it happens. But trust me, come March time, you don't want to see this Purdue team. I'm telling you right now. But – Let's talk about the second topic of the day because this is pretty much the complete opposite of Purdue. So you have Purdue, and then on the other hand, you have the Memphis Tigers. The Memphis Tigers, man, they came into the season ranked 11th in the country with all the hype in the world. You know, they get Imani Bates, they get Jalen Duran, they have some pretty good returners like DeAndre Williams and Lester Quinones and Malcolm Dandridge and all these guys, Landers Nolly. And now they have three losses to Iowa State. In New York, they lost. They lost to Georgia in Athens, Georgia. Tom Crean in Georgia. I love Tom Crean. I think he's an excellent head coach. He's produced some legends like Dwayne Wade, Victor Oladipo, and most recently Anthony Edwards. But Georgia is a bottom-tier SEC team. And then on Saturday, they lost to the running Rebels down in Ole Miss in Oxford to Kermit Davis's group, another team in the SEC that is going to be a bottom-tier SEC team. And after that game, after that loss, shall I say, Penny came out and said via The Athletic, and I quote, we've got so much negativity in our locker room with veterans being jealous. Nobody is willing to sacrifice minutes, touches, anything. It's been miserable, end quote. It's a lot of directions that I could take this into, but I just want to say that if Memphis doesn't get it right this season, they're more than likely going to end up firing Penny Hardaway. And I hate to say that because I've been one of the loudest voices when it comes to vouching for Penny Hardaway. I genuinely want to see Penny Hardaway succeed, but this team is just a perfect example of you can have all the talent in the world, but if the team doesn't have the chemistry and camaraderie, it doesn't matter. I always say on this podcast, 
Basketball is a team game. You need all five guys on the court playing to be locked in, like Purdue is. Memphis is nowhere near that. You know, obviously, again, Purdue's the best team in the country right now. But Memphis, they just look like it's too many guys that are playing selfish basketball. They take bad shots, a lot of bad turnovers. They have no identity on offense and just too much pouting. They're unmotivated. And again, the lack of camaraderie is killing them right now. Like, we all knew going into the season that they were going to have problems because they don't have a true point guard. Like, Alex Lomax is a senior. You know, he's been whatever throughout the course of his career. You know, Tyler Harris, he's not really a point guard. He's more just an undersized scoring point guard. He's a, he's a scoring guard. You know, he's not even a real point guard. He's just a scoring guard. He just likes to get buckets, and he can score at a high level. But this team needs a point guard. And then going into the season, we hear talks about Penny Hardaway trying to get Imani Bates to play like Penny Hardaway. And that's my biggest issue with this team. As much as I love Penny and I respect Penny, I love what he's what he was as a player. I respect him as a coach probably even more. It's only one Penny Hardaway. When Penny Hardaway was in his prime, he was like Magic Johnson with all the athleticism in the world. And that's no hyperbole. Now, hyperbole, hyperbole, excuse me. Now, you have Imani Bates. Imani Bates is a scorer. He is a bucket getter. If you've watched him, since he's been in the spotlight since he was like 13, 14, now he's 17, he'll be 18 next month. He's a scorer. He's never been the passer that Penny Hardaway was, and that's not an issue. That's not a knock on him. That's not a negative on Imani Bates. It's just the facts of the matter. You cannot turn somebody into one thing when they're not even the other thing. Like, let Imani be a scorer. Don't try and make him the next Penny Hardaway. Let him be the first and only Imani Bates. That's my biggest issue right now. He's not a point guard. It's clear and evident as day. And I don't just want to go in on Imani because, yes, his shot selection has been terrible, and he's just been shooting a lot of bad shots. I think he shot 1 of 10 in this game against Ole Miss. But their issues are much bigger than just Imani Bates. When Penny goes on the record and calls out his upperclassmen like that in that quote that I just read a couple minutes ago, that's an issue. Not only with his upperclassmen, but that's an issue with Penny. And so – they just need to get inspired. First of all, they don't play another game until Friday. And right now, every single practice until Friday, they just need to see what guys are going to play unselfish basketball, are going to play winning basketball, and want to truly contribute to turning this team and getting them going into the right direction. Because right now, it's just a bad product. Like Jeff Goodman had a tweet right after the game once they lost to Ole Miss. He said, Memphis basketball is unwatchable. And I don't usually agree with Jeff Goodman, but in this instance, I have to because this basketball product that Penny is putting on the floor, especially when you just brought in Larry Brown and Rasheed Wallace, is terrible. Larry Brown is one of the greatest basketball minds the game has ever seen. No matter how you feel about him, his basketball mind is on another level. I would love to just sit and talk with him about basketball all day. Right now, there's no offensive identity to this Memphis Tigers basketball team. I think the first thing that you have to do because I know Imani gets all the hype. I know he gets all the popularity, all those good things. But right now, if I was Penny Hardaway, I would just have my team give the ball to Jalen Duran and let him just post up all the time and see what you can do from there. Because Jalen Duran is going to get you the highest shot. He's going to get you the highest look. He's going to get you the highest percentage look in the post. You have to give him the ball in the post and just live with the results. He's going to get you the highest percentage look. Live with the results. If he's making it, if he's missing it, live with the results. Because right now, everybody else on the team is just not taking good shots. Nobody's making the extra pass. 
everybody trying to go one-on-one and ISO and get it for themselves. That's not how college basketball works. If you're not moving the ball, making the defense work, and using up a majority of that 30-second shot clock, you're not going to win a lot of games in college basketball. You have to be disciplined. You have to be unselfish. You have to make the right reads. You have to be patient, and you have to wait for the offense to come to you. But again, right now, there is no offensive identity on this Memphis team, and that's a major cause for concern. So right now, I'd say the best thing that they could possibly do is just let Jalen Durant post up and let him just attack because he's such a big body. He's just going to impose his will and more than likely get fouled more often times than not, but he'll probably end up scoring too. And if he misses, whatever. You've been seeing a lot of other guys miss. Like, I'm bi- I'm a big fan of Landers Nolly. I've gone on the record on this podcast of saying that multiple times. I like DeAndre Williams, who probably needs to be involved in the offense more just as much. These upperclassmen, it's no reason for them to be jealous. You know why? Because even though Imani gets the hype, you know, he, he got the fan love, he gets a lot of attention, all that, he's not playing good. So anybody right now can step into a role and lead this team in the right direction. But clearly nobody wants to do it because a lot of guys are worried about more things off the court than on the court. And that's the biggest issue right now. It's a mentality thing with this team right now. They need to let the egos go. They need to put their pride aside. And they need to say, okay, how can we win games? Because right now, they're close to facing the same predicament that they faced last year. Last year, their non-conference was pretty good, but they didn't win the right amount of games that they needed to against the better opponents. And therefore, their resume was not NCAA tournament good. They were not qualified enough. They didn't have good enough wins to qualify for the NCAA tournament. They're almost about to be in the same exact situation this year because they really only have two other big non-conference games to play. Because, again, they already lost to Iowa State. They lost to Georgia. They lost to Ole Miss. Those are two bad losses right there. Georgia and Ole Miss are not good losses. Iowa State is a whatever loss. I think Iowa State is going to be a pretty good team in the Big 12. But when you lose to Georgia and Ole Miss, that's unacceptable. And their other two big games left in their non-conference schedule are other SEC opponents. The other one is Alabama, who just beat a really good Gonzaga team this past weekend in Seattle, which is pretty much a home, you know, home court advantage for Gonzaga. And then they play Tennessee. Tennessee is an in-state rival. Rick Barnes, the Vols, they have a pretty good team too. They're probably going to be in the upper echelon when it comes to top tiers of the SEC. You have to win one of those games. I'm going to say right now, I don't think they beat Alabama just because I think their guard play at Alabama is so superior, and I just think them getting out in transition is going to kill Memphis because they're not disciplined enough to just guard you know, in transition. And then Tennessee, that's an easier matchup because Tennessee relies heavily upon the production of Kennedy Chandler. And if they can slow down Kennedy Chandler, which I think they can do because their defense hasn't been terrible. Their defense has always been good since Penny's been there. They've always had a pretty good defense. But the thing is, the offense is just so bad that the defense cannot make up for it right now. And that's the biggest issue. So, like, they just got to get it together. That's all it comes down to. A lot of reality, you know, a lot of these guys, they need a reality check. That's what it comes down to. They need to really look in the mirror and reflect on themselves and just ask, like, what can I do to better this team? Because right now it's a lot of guys that just seem like they're out there playing for themselves. They don't care about the name in the front. They only care about the name on the back of the jersey. And they just don't seem to care about trying to win games. Because, again, Penny is probably going to be on the hot seat. If Penny can't make the NCAA tournament with this team, as much talent as they have, he might not ever make the NCAA tournament. And I know that sounds like a crazy statement, but the chances of Penny getting a more talented team than this 
is slim to none. Like, I know, again, Imani Bates is only 17. I think Jalen Duran is only 18, something like that. You're, you know, you're, two of your best players are young, but you still have a lot of experience between Landers Nolly, DeAndre Williams, Malcolm Dandridge, Lesser Cornones. It's a lot of talent on this team. So it's time to put it together. I cannot say that enough because they're going to be close. Come Selection Sunday, they're going to be shaking in their boots, hella nervous with their teeth rattling because they had all these terrible losses early in the non-conference and they can't make up for it because they play in the American Athletic Conference where you only have a certain amount of opportunities to beat you know, top-tier teams to qualify for the NCAA tournament. The only real good teams in the American Athletic, I think, and I believe right now, is Houston. We all know Kelvin Sampson has done a great job with that program. Cincinnati looks pretty good with Wes Miller as a first-year head coach there coming over from UNC Greensboro. And then Wichita State, Coach Brown, looks like he's getting things together. You know, Tyson Etienne or Tyson Etney, excuse me, I forget how it's pronounced, but he's a player. You know what I'm saying? And you have to win those games. Last year, they lost to Houston twice. And they lost to Houston on a buzzer beater in Houston in the second time that they matched up. And that pretty much just killed any hopes of them making it in the 2021 NCAA tournament. So I'm very concerned about the Houston, or excuse me, about the Memphis Tigers right now. They have a lot of things to work on. I'm hoping they can turn around. But it is not looking good for Penny Hardaway in that group right now in the 901, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys for making it this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash blogger slash journalists. I'm also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out on our long list of sports podcasts as well. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the pod. I will talk to you guys soon. As always, peace and love gone.